0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris, I'm your host, and this week we have another revisit of uh, one of our favorites, and this one I'm picking because it was absolutely one of the most fun episodes that we've ever filmed, largely because live, quote-unquote, on the air, uh, our friend Ben and Berto made Beef Fizz and tried it out for us, and... uh confirmed for me that I don't want to do it, but it's uh, definitely something that just the whole conversation uh, about it was just really, really great. And uh, Ben is a fantastic guy. Ben Wagamaker uh, was our guest in June of 2020. So uh, definitely uh, I wanted to revisit this episode when I was looking through the list of, of them and and it just was uh, really great. So I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, I think next week we will be back with a brand new episode. Uh, and so be ready to to watch for that. We are coming up on the 100 episodes mark. Uh, and uh, at this point we have yeah all but one recorded that needs to to get us there, and so that one will probably be one that we'll record uh very soon and be able to to put that in there to uh uh to to, to kind of recap some of uh, our hundred episodes that we've that we've been through that's just been really fantastic but that being said uh enjoy this episode today uh this is a re air of episode fifty nine with ben Wagamaker and uh his journey through finding keto and everything else. Uh, we'll enjoy it and we'll see you next week. Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle.
1: If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. Podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week, we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health. Find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be.
0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris and I'm here with the usual company, Alberto and Jim. How's it going, Jim?
1: Uh, life is good, sir. Uh, we've moved into the middle of the year, uh, which kind of feels odd to say after all the delays and craziness of COVID and everything, but um, July has kicked off well and glad to be here tonight.
0: Absolutely. Berto, what's new?
1: Oh man, that Saharan dust was real this year. Uh,
0: yes, it was.
2: <laughs> it was a uh, particularly worse thing I remember from years past, but yeah, man, it was, it was getting, I had to go to the hill country and in the hill country, visibility was insanely low. I mean, I was only working out there for a few hours, but by the time I left, probably like my throat was closing up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was
2: like, this is what is serious.
0: Yeah. I had a, a day where I'm talking to customers for 10 hours that day and my uh my voice was uh not happy my or my throat it was not happy at all so um yeah it's been a, a good week it's ju- for those listening if you're curious about it we're recording this july 1st our latest challenge of tracking uh launched today and the store for our next series of t-shirts and the original t-shirt and our stickers went up this evening i e in about an hour and a half after we get done recording this, it goes live in the the, the group and everything. So uh, the pre orders will go until right about when this is going to air. So please get on it. Um, it you know, I, I will probably actually create a little uh, promo and throw it in for the uh, for the the weeks that are, are going to air in the next couple of weeks because we want to get as many uh, of these orders in as quick as quickly as possible um but that's exciting times so um if you haven't already placed your order now is the time because time will be running out by the time this airs so that being said let's uh, any other business to attend to jim
1: we talked about it last week that we were going to be renaming our beginners ah, group. that's right So um, we made it official uh, July 1st. So if you go to look for TKMC Beginners, uh, it is uh, you may have a link. Some people um, that have requested to join, um, we've sent links through private message on Facebook and whatnot. The link still works, Uh, but um, the name of the group has changed. We are now calling it the Keto 101 Man's Club. Um, We've said it here on the podcast many times. We've talked about it in our groups that the Keto Man's Club is kind of a Higher level, you've been doing it for a while, you're familiar with macros and all these different things, so you've got the general idea of things, whereas the Beginners Club that started in early 2020 was truly for guys looking for that, how does this work, and basic questions and things like that. We found that we actually hit 500 plus members today, July 1st, which is a very nice milestone to have. Um, But we found that over the last couple of months that a lot of people weren't finding us because keto was not in the name of the group. Um, so it really was kind of uh, defeating a little bit to have all the great stuff that we provide, but you couldn't find it because it didn't say anything about keto. Mm-hmm. And so we plugged in 101 in the middle, and uh, we'll be doing some marketing updates, tweet, or tweaks on things, on images and so on. Um so bottom line if you are new to keto if you are finding us on the podcast for the first time here um yeah you can still probably look for TKMC beginners but just know that it, it is actually now effective July 1st uh the keto 101 man's club so check that out and uh keep um asking to join very simple to request and get in and everything and rock and roll from there
0: yep only one one true requirement be a man
1: <laughs> well, if you're going to rub some dirt in it and not cry, then that's what we'll snap. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're not. Yeah, so, but yeah, we're excited. 500 plus members in uh, six months' time is pretty remarkable, and so very glad to see all the successes there.
0: Yeah, I'll probably end up just referring to it as the keto, uh, the keto 101 um or something like that whenever you know my shorthand for all of that but uh it, it it's it's our 101 so we've got to have the man's club in there somewhere too so i think that's mm-hmm. a good good way to go for sure um so the link to that and this is a great time to talk about our website uh the ketoman'sclub.com you can find the links to the main group to the keto 101 man's club uh you can get our podcast uh website is there Links to Spotify and iTunes, or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts. I should really have that correct since I work for a certain You're fruit name. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, and then um, we've got the, the the fan page that we we post to, and all of that. Uh, we just added a link to the KetoCon 2020 virtual uh, ticket. And the reason that that's extra important for us is our very own Alberto has his uh, presentation on that. uh, We've talked about it a little bit in in previous episodes. Let's real quickly recap what that was like and and what people should expect from uh, the virtual ticket from yourself and from everybody else.
2: Uh, Yeah, obviously, um, you know, nothing this year is really going as planned. So Along with everything else, so KetoCon obviously got canceled with a bunch of other things. So, we, I got offered and everybody pretty much got offered the opportunity to record a, like a solo presentation or a little talk so they can, uh, you know, put them all together and offer them virtually to all the people that bought tickets. And then you can buy tickets specifically for this. So, I was supposed to be on the athletic panel, which in, I mean, there was, I think, five, six of us up there. And so it was kind of like I was going to go up there, but it's, it's a panel. So, it's, you know, I've, I would have maybe gotten 30 to 45 seconds of words in. And uh, since obviously that didn't happen, I got offered an opportunity just to record my own. So I did. And then I kind of decided to, instead of just talking about the athletic stuff, why not talk about how I got here and what I went through to get here. So it was kind of a continuation of my story, some newer stuff in there. Of uh, using keto and carnivore to to reverse all my IBD symptoms, uh, specifically ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, so I honestly don't even remember what I talked about. <laughs> but uh, from what I'm told, it's pretty good. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, my family wants to watch it. Uh, my daughters want to watch it. So obviously, we're gonna watch mm-hmm. it. It's just one of those things. When it's you, it just it's hard. It's, it's less appealing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to edit our podcast on a week to week basis. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like the 49 other presentations, I watched no.
0: No problem. Yeah. Yeah. And there's everybody that's everybody is, is, has a uh, presentation on there for the most part. So, uh, if you're a fan of someone, uh, or if you have been interested to hear more from a certain someone, whoever that might be, definitely check it out. Um, because it's, uh, because that's definitely a, uh, a good way to go. So, yeah, so, <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, let's uh, go into our picks of the week and then we'll go from there into other businesses. Apparently Alberto and our guests ha- have devised some type of, you know, surprise that, 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 well,
2: no one's going to be surprised oh. but you... oh, okay. because <laughs> well. everybody's seen it, but uh, it'll make more sense in
1: a minute.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, um, Jim, let's start with you and your pick
1: uh my shout out this week is to mr sam walters uh sam's got a great side-by-side photo in the keto man's club um his goal is to have visible abs before he turns 50 says he's got about a year and a half uh before that so he's around 48 or so he is coming up on his one-year keto anniversary on july 4th um he didn't put the numbers into the um into the ride up but he did say that he's been following the keto gains macros uh for about a year um he's been kind of hit quote unquote hit and miss with his fitness routines but does a lot of barbell or kettlebells novice barbell and weighted rucking so there's that term again that we've heard many times mm-hmm. and um just a uh, remarkable transformation for sure uh, so kudos to uh this young man, Sam Walters, who, let me click, uh, he is from, oh my gosh, where would he be from, Jim? What state, <laughs> what state could he Texas. possibly be from?
0: <laughs> Texas.
1: <laughs> okay, so new, new goal for Jim is to never have another shout out. for <laughs> We got 49 other states to represent. We got Puerto Rico. We got Mexico. We've got uh, D.C. We've got everywhere else in the world. I'm out of Texas love. I'm I'm done. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. All good to Sam. Congratulations. Yep,
0: yep. yep. Um, I'm going to go and then I'll hand it over to Alberto. Uh, I uh, am shouting out uh, one of our quite a few... Uh, contributions to the Transformation Tuesday, uh, Jamie Mullen, uh, he, and I love. His, he started out with hashtag Never Again, and that's just it, that's such a uh, an important thought process. That Never Again is he going to get back to where he was? He is uh, going into year three of keto, living his best life in his fifties, and uh, encourages folks to keep uh, keep winning. He has lost two hundred and. 200 pounds, roughly, uh, from 420 to roughly around 220 currently. Wow. And and he's gone from a size 60 pants to 36 and a 5 to 6X shirt to an extra large. I would say he's transformed himself quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So... Cool stuff from there. And uh, so uh, definitely, uh, and he's only one. Like there's tons of these guys that are going in here and doing crazy, amazing stuff with their, uh, with their health, uh, which is what I like to, you know, these numbers, they, yes, it's losing weight, but it's not about the weight that's lost. It is absolutely about the, um, it's absolutely about the health that they're regaining as they do it. Uh, Okay, Alberto, it's your turn. Yep. I went uh, very, very simple
2: and um, straight to the point. I'm 72% caveman, apparently. <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, That's a 23 in me joke. But anyways, uh, Ben Phelps smoked his first brisket. And uh, the first ones, you, you always assume they're going to come out good. And I'll just let them know now you might get to your uh, hundreds brisket. And you're going to know it's going to come out better, but in your mind, you're going to be like, ah, that's not good enough. (laughs) That just doesn't seem to change. But um, congratulations on your first brisket. Uh, A good friend of ours, we probably got to have him back on. I'm sure we got a lot Mm -hmm. more to talk
1: about. But yeah, good good job, man. That brisket looked good. Absolutely. And please note that I did not encourage brisket in a microwave in this episode. <laughs> there, there, there was a there was a
2: very visible smoke ring, so mm-hmm. we we yeah. we are, we're clear to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the, good
0: job. Yeah. No 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 microwaving was ensued. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay. Well, Alberto, uh, you have, I know Ben by reputation through some interaction online, but I'm going to let you go ahead and lead out with him and and go from there.
2: First of all, uh, how do you say your last name, Ben?
3: Wagonmaker. It is a Dutch name of Dutch origin, although my family is uh, from the U.S. I personally am born and raised in the U.S. Having been in Canada, my wife imported me into Canada uh, 18 years ago. And so you guys don't have to feel bad about shouting out to Texas because y'all are going international tonight. I'm in Quebec. (laughs) So uh, bonjour to everybody who... Oh, somebody just added class to the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> nice. And I'm not even wearing a shirt. Now I feel, now I feel inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyways, I, I, Ben, I know from many of Facebook groups, um, and mostly just online. So I'm really excited to, I've never actually talked to him. I'm really excited about this, but uh, we were messaging each other back and forth for about the last few days and, uh, came up with an idea,
3: um, Alberto and I, we have seen this go through, and I'm sure everyone in the, uh, in the keto, anyone who's been in um, a Facebook group of any kind has seen this go through. It says, going to be hot this weekend, and this is true, cool off with a beef fizz. Ooh. So refreshing. <laughs> the recipe is for two cans of condensed beef broth, one cup of chilled ginger ale, one, actually two tablespoons of lemon juice, combined ingredients, pour over ice and glasses, and joy refreshing. Ah, so um, everybody has been either yucking or being intrigued by this. I'm in the camp that's intrigued. So what I did is I spoke to Alberto. We said, let's do this. Let's do this live. We're going to try this. So he and I conspired together. And this is the conspiracy theory of the week. We conspired together to get some beef broth and reduce it because the recipe calls for condensed beef broth means you have to reduce it by 50% over medium heat so I condensed it to get that rich beef refreshing flavor (laughs) and in order to respect the ratios I poured 12 I reduced 24 ounces of broth into 12 ounces and for the sake of the experiment I have one portion with ginger ale one portion with lemon lime seltzer water The bubbly kind, um, the bubbly brand. And so if someone doesn't care for ginger, you know, in my mind, beef and ginger go together. It's an Asian flavor combination. So ginger seems logical to me. But some people might not like ginger. So I'm going to try it with just a lemon-lime seltzer water, too. So um, Alberto has his version. He made his, put lemon juice in it. He has salt and hot sauce in case it tastes terrible. So, Alberto, yeah, do you have any comments before better. we go down the hatch?
2: <laughs> no. I mean, this, this uh, legitimately looks terrible, but the ingredients, I mean, I would taste them all individually without a problem. So I, I don't imagine it's it can't be worse than the, the
3: combined sum. Yeah. <laughs> so. Honestly, this looks like a flat Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good description. But, yeah, I'm good, right. man. We're gonna so, anyway, we're going to do this live. World premiere, we're going to do this live on the Keto Man's Club. Beef fizz tasting test. Let's do this. One, two, three. That's actually not bad. Oh, it's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it think it's exactly it what you ginger. would. Uh, yeah, definitely with the ginger. I mean, I didn't try the other ones, but ginger for sure. Uh, yeah. It tastes exactly like you would expect it to. Yep. But, uh, I mean... I wouldn't. It tastes it like an Asian sauce. Yeah, exactly. It definitely would not be on the top of my beverage list, but yeah. uh, it's definitely not at the bottom either. It almost has like a Bloody
3: Mary vibe to it. It's
2: really weird. Yeah. weird.
3: it's like a soy. It's like I'm drinking reduced soy sauce, like diluted soy sauce. <laughs> I hope we're doing a good job of selling this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you like soy sauce, hey, you, you, this this is great. Refreshing, <laughs> cold soy sauce. I mean, I'm gonna yeah, finish it.
2: So, if, if that's an <laughs> indication of what this tastes like,
3: yeah. So, hey. Anyway, now everybody knows, and actually, I want to go off and do a tangent if you don't mind. Alberto and I discussed this because when I was doing my um, research for this little uh, experiment, I decided to figure out what the difference is between, you know, all these um, broth and stock and consomme, because you know, someone brought this up in a, in a conversation, you know, what if there's a bunch of congealed fat chunks in my icy refreshed beverage? Wouldn't that be gross? And the answer is, of course, yes, it would be gross. You don't want to crunch on, on something that's not an ice cube when you drink. So that's why they call for broth, because broth and stock, I actually didn't know this. I just learned this this week, and I've, I've used these almost interchangeably, and some people do. Um, broth actually is lower fat, so you're less likely to get congealed fat chunks. And the reason that is is because beef broth is made with meat and veggies and no bones. So stock actually is um, bone broth. And if you hear the word stock and you hear bone broth, those can be used synonymously because it's the same thing. So if you stock to make this, you're going to probably get chunks of congealed fat in your beverage, which is less desirable. So for the purpose of this beverage, broth is a better deal. Um, Or consomme. Consomme, I, I actually did a little bit of research on that as well, which would work it's actually clarified broth or stock. Um, and what they do is they will take broth or stock and they'll add egg whites to it and, and heat it. And what, the, what happens is the egg whites actually take all the sediment and all of anything that's like a loose, um, anything solid, and you remove the egg white foam, if you will. And basically it becomes a clarified beef broth. And so consomme would work for this as well. So there you go. That's the um, scientific experiment—the mad science of the week. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Jim, I got one over here for you if you want
1: it. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was kind of waiting for a gag reflex or something mm-hmm. to kick in from you guys whenever, because I I didn't hear the chugging noise of you drinking it, and I, <laughs> I yeah, and so. I, 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 yeah, I'll, I'm good at the moment. But thank <laughs> you.
2: Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not dumb enough to slam it. <laughs> it, it was a good sized swig. It's uh, all right. Well, in that case, I'll just save yours for
1: for later. Yeah, please just put it in the freezer. I'll be down <laughs> to Texas at some point. Yeah, <laughs> the cheers that. <then. laughs> I'm sure.
0: It will, I'm sure it would would congeal perfectly after being frozen and then thawed.
1: I'm um, actually. I, I'm actually had a flashback to the Friends episode where they have tried to make Joey or Ross drink the fat. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen that episode. I don't even know what the terms were or whatever, but yeah. So that's where my gag reflex was kicking in. in my life. Yeah,
0: Chris, you want Jim's? Um, no, I'm. I'm. I'm good. Yeah, come on,
1: Chris. Hard, hard chug, hard. chug, chug, chug.
0: The sad part is I could uh, actually be over there in 20 minutes, but I'm not going. I'm not going <laughs> to.
2: It has an interesting mouthfeel. <laughs> I'm sure.
0: I, I'm sure. I was. Wow.
1: Uh, that's the quote of the show right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we were talking in a, in a, a group, uh, chat that, uh, earlier about weird things and, and, uh, cow brain, I think is part of what came up initially, but at one point in time, when I was in Iceland, I actually had the opportunity to, ta- to, uh, try sheep's head which is uh, an Icelandic delicacy and uh, I was like nope biggity, big 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 nope uh so yeah that I, I just I don't deal with that very well um yeah I just uh yeah that I <laughs> I eat plenty of What What is happened
1: to this podcast episode? I, Where are we going? Yeah, <laughs> I
0: I don't know. That's just yeah. Anyway, we have a guest this week
1: we're already I entertained so us so confused yeah. all of this stuff. How we, We've been drinking the fat, and now we're in Iceland and what? <laughs> Where did what we're, what's keto, huh? Uh, we're,
0: we're we're off the uh the normal res- reservoir. Our uh, our guest could answer Our guest could answer the question, what is keto? Very well. He's actually one of the admins and uh, experts in the Keto evangelist group of uh, Facebook groups. And uh, Ben, do you also contribute to the blog at all? I don't know if you do.
3: Oh, I did a couple of years ago, okay. but I haven't done so in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so, but just before we get into yeah. that, though, I, I have to comment this. I mean, my my sense of dad joke justice has to comment on this. But <laughs> going back to your sheep's head thing, yeah, I think I have. To, this must be said. But you have to have an open mind to eat an open mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, that oh my. last comment that I said at the beginning of the show <laughs> is oh <my>. gone. <laughs> we have we have hit DEF on live.
0: Oh my!
2: Oh my! I vote for more live food tastings because this way we hold up like forty-five minutes of nonsense. <laughs>
0: uh, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yes. Um, we, yeah.
3: Um, thank, for the introduction, thank you. Um, I'm not sure if you had any general questions, but yeah. Um. I actually started keto in early 2016 and uh, basically stumbled onto the original ketogenic success group in mid-2016, so it's been a while. Um, I've actually started keto, a uh, full keto around that time. And just to give a, a brief uh, history of, of my story for people who don't know me, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And one of the things I like to say on um, my personal blog and, and elsewhere is that I'm an asymptomatic diabetic. And that's a cool thing because most diabetics worry about the symptoms and the symptoms, you know, as a lot of people know, are, you know, neuropathy and uh, losing your kidneys, losing your vision. And I'm asymptomatic. I have, uh, you know, what they call an A1C of um, lower than 5.7, which is the threshold for pre-diabetes. And I've I've been lower than that since 2016. So um, thanks to keto and intermittent fasting, I've maintained um, a status of being an asymptomatic diabetic. Um, some people will also say it's in reverse, which I will also use. I would never. I don't use the word cured because being in reverse basically implies that you your car is in reverse, and that's a um, a conditional state. Whereas if you put it back in drive, the condition is gone, and you know it's no longer in reverse. It's in drive. So right now my diabetes is in reverse in the sense that if I start eating a regular Standard American diet, it would no longer be in reverse, it would shift back to drive and I'd have to worry about symptoms and medication and all that other stuff again. And I don't want to have to worry about symptoms or medication. So I've been med-free, symptom-free since 2016. Thank you, keto. That's, that's a huge thing. But also, um, I used to suffer from gout. I took gout medication every day for several years. Um, I don't take meds for that anymore. I don't have to. Um, I had acid reflux for several years. I took Zantac every night in order to go to sleep. Otherwise, I couldn't sleep well. I once had an ulcer. Um, several things were just really bad with my health, and by the time I was diagnosed with high cholesterol and type two diabetes and um, hypertension, I was only 41, and I, you know, I had the health of someone probably 60 years older than that. And I quietly worried, knowing—I mean, I wondered if I would even see 50. I didn't know if I would live to 50 in the state that I was in because I—I I felt it. It felt horrible. Um, and then, of course, once I got diagnosed, that was the kick in the pants I needed to basically do research and figure out, okay, how am I going to manage this? Because my doctor told me, and you know, with respect to doctors, sometimes you need a second opinion. But my doctor told me straight. He looked at me and he said, "With your cholesterol this high, you can eat salad the rest of your life, and it's not going to help. You need medication." And I can hear people just everywhere just saying, "No, no, no. that's that was my inner voice said, no, it's not true." So I went to the to the web. And I wanted to do research with you know a lot of different um, sources. I went Dr. Fung, among others, Sarah Hallberg, among others, um, Diet Doctor, among others, and I discovered that lots of people with diabetes are successfully treated with low carb and fasting. So that's what I did. Long story short, that's what. I did. And so fast forward to 2016, um, I started admitting for keto evangelist. Um, I lost weight. I feel great. Um, I'm currently 45. I feel uh, better than I did in my thirties. Uh, I feel like I did in my mid twenties. I have about the same health as I did in my mid twenties. Um, I no longer fear for my future. I can definitely see myself living way past 50. I can see myself, um, running 5k, you know, races into my eighties and nineties, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being living to ripe old age, as long as you're healthy. And so that's, that's my goal and to help others do the same. And so, you know, I, I take a lot of inspiration from somebody who is in the, um, type one diabetes, Um, area. And I read, I read her blog and this inspired me so much. And I relate to this so much. It's not about being better than someone or thinking you're better than others or healthier than others, or I'm luckier than others or being in competition with others. It's just genuinely wanting to help others avoid struggle. And so I think we're all in the same boat with that. So that's, that's where I'm at. So thanks for hearing me out. If you have anything to add, any, any questions, comments,
0: so many questions, um, so many questions,
1: (laughs) Jim, so you've spoken about the the diabetes and whatnot. Um, one thing I always like to ask our, our guest is tell us a little bit about your family life, meaning not so much where you're at today, but growing up, um, you know, parents, siblings and whatnot. Are you mm-hmm. um, unique in what you've gone through? Uh, did you have a family history of any medical issues and whatnot? Kind of talk about that, if you will. Okay.
3: Well, as far as... Wow. that's 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 kind of a, a huge question because um, my family situation and of course everyone has a unique story um, I'm one of five children um, two brothers two sisters one of my sisters passed away at the age of, of 29 several years ago it was a you know a tragedy so I currently have two brothers and, and one sister that's still alive um, I didn't have any diagnosed health issues back then however I will say this, and with respect to people who have these diagnoses, um, I mean no disrespect to them. But had I been a child today, I would certainly, I am certain, I would have been tested positive for ADD, not ADHD, but ADD, because I have a devil of an issue I'm staying focused, and this is true every day in several situations. I would almost certainly have been diagnosed on on the very mild spectrum of autism. Um, I had issues with, you know. There are so many issues that I could go through just to give, um, I had issues where I didn't like to wear shirts with buttons because in my mind, they smelled funny. It was a sensory thing. It was really odd. Um, I can't explain it other than, you know, it was just, it was a sensory issue that was unexplained to the general population. And like most introverts, um, most of what happened, most of my universe was inside of my head and I couldn't express it to people outside. of, And the very few people that I trusted with, You know, being able to speak to, maybe they understood maybe 1% of what I actually said, put into words. And so my childhood was very academic. I was very academically gifted and I was musically talented, but socially, I didn't know how to um, speak to people. I didn't know how to express myself. So that was a huge thing. And as far as um, that caused a lot of frustration, that caused me to look to food, among other things, for comfort. I had a huge sweet tooth. And, you know, I often would eat my emotions. I remember eating a whole pie, a whole entire pie at the age of 12 in one sitting. And uh, that was not unusual for me to do. And I was the only child of my siblings who had um, weight issues. It wasn't severe. I wasn't obese, but I was certainly overweight. I remember at the age of nine, um, they measured our waist circumferences for gym uniforms, for gym shorts. And I had a 33 inch waist circumference at the age of nine. I remember having to wear husky sized pants and that being a little bit of an embarrassment having to wear husky sized pants back in the day. So that definitely affected me um, through my earliest days. And so I had a little bit of a yo yo uh, weight issue that chased me and haunted me really my entire life into my adulthood because stuff like that never really goes away. It stays with you your entire life and it it, it rides into your adulthood. And it definitely affected my adulthood. Um, I yo yo dieted several times. And uh, I went all the way up to I think 273. And I know some of you people went way above 273. To me, that was that was enough. Um, that was my cutoff. I couldn't, you know, I was wearing 3X, and to me, that was way too much. Um, and of course, with my health issues, that was the main thing.
1: Um, so How tall are you, Ben?
3: I'm six foot two. Um, yeah, that helps put things in perspective as well. So, of course, yeah, there's a huge difference between being 273 pounds at six foot two versus five foot so right of course or being you know six foot ten so mm-hmm. being six foot two i was actually considered obese class two for people who know um body mass charts index i was actually um obese class one starts at in a body mass okay. index of 30 and i had a 35.0 which put me in class two and being in class two medically in canada that would have qualified me for bariatric surgery <laughs> And so knowing that I would have qualified for government-assisted or government-sponsored bariatric surgery, that kind of uh, spooked me a little bit too. So the nice thing, though, is that when I attacked my health, when I discovered that um, fasting and low-carb, which eventually became keto, would treat my diabetes and cholesterol issues and everything else, the weight just melted off. I ha- it was almost effortless. I remember in four months, I lost 50 pounds a month rest of the weight came off um, more slowly but you know I basically ended at 70 pounds lost and have been you know gaining and re losing the same 10 pounds ever since but basically you can say that it's permanent loss because it's been you know three and a half years since then and you know that I'm ecstatic about that because statistically 95 percent of people or even more when they lose weight they don't keep it off statistically it's a sad thing and because keto or anything that you adopt has to be a long-term um, commitment in order for there to be a long-term uh, result. And so since I've made this a long-term commitment and to me, it's very easy. Um, I've, I don't struggle. I don't feel deprived or, or anything like that. It makes it very easy for me to keep a long-term commitment and have keep my long-term results. Um, hopefully I didn't go off the rails too much, but I went from my family situation oh, oh. into, you know, how it affects me today.
0: Not at all. Not at all. That was all that that's very, it's a very good complete thought in that, in that regard. And, 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 and so thank you for that. Uh, What, um, so activity wise, you, you mentioned, you know, that you could see yourself running five K's and things like that well into your eighties and nineties and and things like that. What are you doing now activity wise that you weren't doing before, whether that be fitness related or just
3: fun? Okay. Well, to me, it's pretty much um, related to fun. I don't have, a strict fitness schedule, unlike a lot of the guys. And um, I would like to be there, but right now my my schedule, I just just don't have the priority right now. Um, I know exercise is a huge plus, and I do enjoy the exercise I do get. Now, that being said, I do run once a week with my baby. I go on a trail and I jog, usually four or five kilometers. I usually do at least one 5K run a year, one 5K race, sometimes two. Last year I did two. Um, I would have done two this year if it were not for COVID. And uh, with my baby in the off-road um, stroller, sorry, um, you know, it's it'll be his first time running a race. And so I've been kind of practicing as if I were training for my 5K race. And, you know, I do that a little bit. You know, I race no more than I run no more than once or twice a week. Yeah. And um, I lift my baby. The, the cool <laughs> thing about having right now, my baby weighs about 23 pounds. Um, without anything on. So when you have a diaper and everything else on, he weighs maybe 24 20 pounds. And he loves to be bounced. He loves to be lifted. And so I lift twenty-five pounds several times, repetitively several times a day. And imagine having a twenty-five pound kettlebell that cries and screams when you set it down. So you have to do another <laughs> set right away to calm it down. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And that's, that's approximately awesome. that's about what that is. And so My arms are in as good a shape as they were in my mid twenties, you know, and and I've never been in huge shape, but you know, in twenties, I wasn't a monster, but I was in the army reserve years ago. And that's about the shape I was in when I was in the army reserve and, um, you know, doing pushups and stuff all the time. I don't do pushups now. But I have the same arms as when I used to do push-ups. you know, just lifting my baby several times a day repetitively. So, you know, he doesn't cry and whine and, you know, and so I have to do another set to calm him down. And so that's it. So my exercise is limited to raising my baby, bouncing my baby several times a day and running once or twice a week. That's, that's about it. And I have fun doing it because the, the, the cool thing about keto and weight loss is, you know, you don't have to exercise to lose the weight. You, when you lose the weight, it makes you want to exercise more because, you know, you have more energy and you feel like burning it off. It's easier to burn. And so that's it. I actually feel like moving around more than I used to four or five years ago. That's awesome. Um,
2: speaking of babies, how do you think that, uh, that, that you know, your current way of eating keto uh, has helped you, you know, navigating through fatherhood uh, versus what it would have been like had you not stumbled upon this way of eating?
3: Oh, goodness. Um, several ways, several ways. I mean, for one, I'm not taking pills. I'm not obese. I'm not sickly. Um, like I used to be. So, I mean, before I lacked energy so much all the time, I mean, I still lack energy at the end of the day. I mean, right now I'm in the Eastern time zone, so it's almost 10 o'clock. And so around 10 o'clock, my, my hard drive shuts down. But, you know, previously it was maybe nine o'clock, my hard drive would shut down and I would turn green. And my friends would all kind of look at me around nine o'clock and they would say, yep, he's turning green. So, (laughs) And they would use it as kind of a clock as to know, okay, when is the time for Ben and his his wife to go home? And so um, I no longer turn green, but I do get tired. Um, so I do have more energy to raise my child, play with my child and to enjoy him and, I, and allows him to enjoy me more. I'm more focused than I used to be. Like I said, um, I'm pretty convinced that had I been a child, I would be easily diagnosed with age. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say it to disrespect people who do have AIDS, and I'm not looking for a diagnosis because I don't want pills looking for looking other ways to remedy that. And I believe that keto is a great way. Um, It it helps reduce brain inflammation that affects brain cognitive issues. And so people with cognitive issues, such as difficulty concentrating for whatever reason, um, keto can actually help. And so with my way of eating, it helps me concentrate more on on what he needs and concentrate more on, um, you know, his activities and things like that without being So easily distracted. Of course, I'm still distracted, but quite as easily, and you know, not as readily can concentrate easily. Um, Emotionally, I feel like I've I can handle myself better. It's it's there's just so many ways that your way of eating affects you because your way of eating affects everything. It affects your mentality. It affects your energy, which affects everything else. It's it's just um you know your energy is just a root that affects your entire life. Everything branches off from that. So. I don't know what else to say to describe it, but yeah, it's, it's certainly affected um, the way I'm, you know, I'm able to be a better father.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. And I mean, I, I could pretty much have the exact same sentiment across the board. And as you were saying, like once the energy comes, it's like you're, you get this burst of energy that everyone gets, but then your work capacity significantly e- increases. So you end up pretty much back at, you know, square one, mm-hmm. but only you are a lot more efficient and accomplishing a lot more than you were previously. And that's what uh, seems to get lost, like the longer, you know, your keto and mm-hmm. stuff, you're like, wow, man, I'm back to being tired again. If you would actually document the amount of things you're getting done compared to before, that you would realize, okay, it makes sense that I'm tired because I'm ex- like a lot more productive, a lot more efficient. And even just, you know, random physical activities around the house, you get a lot more of it done.
3: Yeah. And of course, yeah, I get a lot more of that done. Um, I'm going to add again, um, just to rewind the cassette, I mentioned before that I was fearful for my my future, for my health. That definitely affects the way I'm a father because I don't have to worry about dying of a heart attack at the age of 50 in front of my kid. You know, that definitely affects the way um, I would be a father. And, and one thing I, I did neglect to mention is that I am a lot more positive in general. Uh, as you know, it's a lot easier for me to be optimistic about uh, circumstances. It's easier for me not to snap if my baby does something stupid, it's, it'll be easier for me not to snap at him. It'll be easier for me to just, you know, take it lightly and just laugh with him, you know, and that's going to be so key for his emotional development, not being afraid of a dad that's going to snap at any
1: moment. So talking about that, that's kind of an interesting topic there. Um, were you prone prior to keto and everything having a little bit of a, an edge to your personality at all?
3: Uh, sometimes, um, what I, my coping mechanism throughout my entire history has just been to be very passive aggressive, um, to say yes, but not intend to do anything about it, which is mm-hmm. horrible, but that's, a, that's a coping mechanism that a lot of people use, especially introverts. And with my new found mental clarity in the last few years, I've learned to analyze that and say, Okay. Maybe that's not the best way to approach it. Maybe there are more proactive ways to approach it. Perhaps I was passive aggressive because I feared losing my temper, but now there are other ways to avoid losing my temper without being passive aggressive. And I think that would more accurately describe where I'm.
1: So, talking about uh, going on to keto back in 2016 and, you know, reversing course, so to speak, on diabetes and whatnot, are there times when you. Um, ever feel like you you slip and, man, I'd love to have that piece of chocolate cake and it turns into the whole cake or the whole pie like you talked about earlier? Or, you know, how do you, how do you, I guess, let me rephrase this, how do you maintain the enjoyment of where you're at now versus the instant gratification that a lot of people struggled with in the sugar highs and those kinds of things? Obviously, you have a health situation, Right. But some people, they, they don't care. That that okay. cake means more than the the magic pill that will fix it that they take before mm-hmm. bed or whatever.
3: Okay, that's a a good question, and some people have asked me that over time. And um, honestly, the the question itself surprises me because to me it's it's not hard. And I have to wonder, I have to go back and ask my and look at why people think it would be hard, and and I have to analyze that because it's it's not hard for me anymore. It hasn't been for years. But looking at it from a perspective of somebody who was back in that situation, I think in my case, the reason it is no longer hard and the shift that happened was purely educational. And, and I'll develop that thought. What happened is I was so scared and so motivated that I read hundreds of articles and I watched dozens of videos before going into intermittent fasting and low carb, which eventually became keto. And when I had that solid base of knowledge, that solid base of knowledge became the foundation on which my emotions became based because a lot of psychologists will tell you, and this is probably a little bit controversial. Not everybody agrees, but some people do. But a lot of people agree that all of our emotions are based on, ultimately based on what we believe. What we believe is based on what we ultimately accept as being logically true. And so if you want to change your emotions and you want, you have to change your beliefs. If you want to change your beliefs, you have to change what you fundamentally believe is true. And in order to change what you fundamentally believe is true, you need to do a lot of learning. You need to do a lot of learning via reading videos and whatever. And that's what I did. So what I did, my learning contributed to a change of my core beliefs and what I accepted as true Um, And that in turn affects my emotions and my emotional responses and my triggers and my instincts. Um, It all follows suit. And so when I see a chocolate cake that's not made with almond flour or something like that, even if it's made with almond flour, you know, I'll I'll confess that if it's made with keto ingredients, sometimes I'll have a very large slice and, you know, maybe fast the next day. But if it's something that's I know it does not have keto friendly ingredients and it's going to mess up my blood sugar, I know I'm not going to enjoy it. And it's, it's more than mental because if it's overly sugar, sweet, overly sugary, I literally do not enjoy it the way I used to because my taste buds are so different. Um, Just to give you a rough idea, um, fresh berries are amazing to me. They taste wonderful. A lot of people that are not keto have to add sugar. Um, What I find pleasantly sweet, a lot of non-keto people, and even some keto people will find tart or slightly bitter. And so, when most people on the flip side find pleasantly sweet, I will find overwhelmingly, almost sickeningly sweet to the point where I no longer enjoy it. And so will that piece of cake, you know, um, appeal to me? No, I, I know that I'm not going to enjoy it because it's probably going to be sickeningly sweet. It'll affect my blood sugar. Um, I'll have to worry about symptoms of diabetes and medication, and I just don't want to go there. Um, do potato chips appeal to me? Not really. I was never really into potato chips to begin with. I ate them because they were there, you know. Um, it honestly doesn't appeal to me. I don't feel deprived. I mean, to me, I feel bad for people who deprive themselves of eating steak on a regular basis. I feel bad for people who don't eat ground beef on a regular basis, or they don't eat skin on their chicken on a regular basis. Um, I feel bad for people who don't butter their vegetables or salt their vegetables. I think that um, that just tastes so sad. <laughs> vegetables with that are steamed with no butter or salt. I feel mm-hmm. bad for those. People. I feel people. I think they're deprived you know? And so that that's my mindset. And again, just to resume the question, to, to summarize the question, um, I truly believe that in my case, there was a paradigm shift that was directly related to my education. Red, 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 red. I watched, watch, watch videos. I changed what I believed was true, which in turn affected everything else. My emotional response, my instinctual responses, everything else followed suit. So there you go
0: absolutely Good our, stuff. yeah our mindset on the food that we eat is is so tied to everything and it's not just the food that we eat. it goes well beyond that but that's just in this example one of those things I'm one of those I I take in enough of the uh, keto friendly sweets uh, that my it tastes sweet or is it too sweet thing is not actually over it it's still kind of out of whack um, but so I, I I eat those things enough that um, or drink those drinks enough more accurately that, that you know, my is it sweet is uh, still pretty high on, on the sweet meat. Um, but, you know, that that's okay. Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask our guests is what surprised you along the way as you were kind of getting into keto or as you were diving deep into keto? What, what's kind of been the thing that's caught you off guard?
3: Oh, goodness. Um, you know, I think the thing that caught me off guard the most was just how many how I would have to defend the way I eat. And and I don't mean that negatively, but there are people who will notice the changes in your physical appearance. They'll get intrigued and they'll ask you what you did. And that will, you know, cause them to ask 20 questions. And so it kind of became a surprise to me that health became a very common topic of discussion in my life because people would talk to me about it, they would ask me questions. Um, they would say, I heard that that's not normal. I've heard it's not natural. I heard it's not healthy. What are your thoughts? And so, you know, sometimes they mean well and they don't, they're not trying to be mean. They're, you know, they're trying to be, you know, thoughtful and, you know, be a friend and ask you questions that, you know, make you think about your health as if I hadn't thought about it already. But I basically have to tell a lot of people that, you know, don't worry about my, my health. I've I've done the research. It's very good for me. Um, I get my blood tested every three months. My cholesterol levels are just fine. My blood glucose levels have never been better. Um, so I'm doing fine. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> and so I think that's <laughs> been the biggest um, surprise to me is just how much, to what extent, I have to justify my way of eating to other people, um, be it friends or family, and even complete strangers, because. My friends and family talk to their friends who talk to their friends who then come to me, who I don't know, a stranger. And they sometimes accost me and say, you know, I heard this, 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 and this. I'm just like, well, uh, uh, send me an email. I'll, I'll, I'll send you more information if I you know, if I don't have time to talk to them then and there. Sometimes I will have time to talk to them then and there. If they're open to a discussion, I'll, I'll be happy to sit and talk to them. If they're, you know, it, it depends on their attitude. If they're really closed about it and they just want to say, you know, you're doing the wrong thing and you need to quit. Then I'll just say, you know, thank you for your concern. Have a great day. But, uh, you know, if they just have questions and they're concerned and you know, they're willing to listen and exchange, you know, that, that's cool. Those are the greatest discussions of all time because people who are willing to listen, you know, they're open to learning and learning new things, you know, helps make the world a better place. Since we're getting toward the end, I mean, I have to talk about, I mean, you talked about sheephead and I have to talk about my, my latest thing is chicken heart soup. That is the most amazing thing that you guys will ever taste. It's not gross. You take chicken hearts, you just throw them in the oven and uh, let it slow cook. Put a little bit of water in there, salt and pepper. And the broth in that, I swear, is just amazing. It's better than any bone broth you've ever tasted. Chicken heart soup. You won't be sorry.
0: That actually sounds interesting. I've had chicken hearts before at one of the uh, local Brazilian uh, steakhouse restaurants and while they were chewy, they actually did have a lot of flavor. And then I've also had um, I've had beef heart uh, made into a meatloaf while I was at the, the Keto Savage Complex uh, mm-hmm.
3: a while back. So,
0: I, uh, yeah, heart is one of those I, I kind of want to do more
3: with, but you, you kind of have to do it just so. Yeah, and chicken heart soup is hard not to get right. I mean, it's, it's hard to get wrong. Um, you just basically, what I do is I put it in the oven, um, put some water in there, salt and pepper. I cover it with aluminum foil so it doesn't all boil out because otherwise you just get dry chicken hearts at the end. And I let it slow cook for several hours, six to eight hours, just so that it saps out all the juices from the heart. And the hearts end up nice and tender and you end up with this really
1: rich broth that's amazing. It actually does sound really good when you describe it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, so well, it's high, I highly to,
3: recommend it to any of our listeners.
1: You might have to pour that in a glass for me and not tell me what it is first. <laughs> all be honest. But yeah. yeah, you know, now but, that I know about the beef fizz, I will definitely not be uh, sleeping for that when I come to Ben's house the first time. Hey, Jim, oh, would you like a cocktail?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a chicken uh, heart, this is chicken something that, cocktail? yeah, you don't mix this one with ginger ale, no.
1: Woo any um any thoughts Ben, about um tips for beginners and whatnot because you know we kind of talked about the experience side of things but people who are listening and wanting to jump on the keto bandwagon or whatever what um, what are some things that you would tell them to get started in? Okay,
3: well. Um, basically I, am going to sound like a broken record. And that kind of dates me as, you know, someone who's 40 or older, because I don't know if people under 40 know what a broken record is, (laughs) but (laughs) just to define myself to people under 40 who don't know what a broken record is, um, back when record players were a thing, if there was a scratch in your record, um, your music would just repeat itself, repeat the same two-second sequence over and over again, and you had to basically um, physically move the needle of the record past that scratch so that you could continue with the song. So sounding like my broken record, I would basically um, advise anybody and everybody to research, 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 study, 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 read, 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 watch videos, watch videos, go to Diet Doctor. Um, The Keto Man's Club is an excellent resource. And of course, I'm going to plug you guys. KetoCon 2020 is an excellent resource. Um, Watch the videos, um, read blogs, and what that does is it it solidifies your base of knowledge. And a solid base of knowledge is going to lead to a solid base of decisions. And a solid base of decisions is going to lead to solid results. Um, So when you have that solid base of knowledge, your belief structure changes. When you look at a piece of cake, and you no longer and you believe in your heart of hearts. That that cake does not is not your friend. That that cake is you know not going to be pleasant. Um, to you know this is not going to be it's not going to be a pleasant consequence. And you believe in your heart of hearts that it's best to avoid that. Then your emotions are going to follow suit. Your instincts are going to follow suit. You're just going to instinctively look away, and you're going to find something else that's going to give you that gratification that you're looking for. And so research, research, research. Read, read, read. Um, it might sound boring, but it is so extremely important. So that's that's really all there is to it. To me, um, it sounds very basic, but there you go. As far as resources, I would recommend reading um, again Keto Man's Club. Um, anything by Keto Evangelist. Um, they have a great blog. I blogged a couple times a few years ago. Uh, the Keto Evangelist Kitchen has excellent recipes. Um, Diet Doctor has some amazing resources. Um, there's just so much out there. Verda Health, if you're diabetic, has amazing resources as far as as tools and blogs to help you if you're a diabetic and you wish to become asymptomatic and med-free, as I am. That's a great resource. And there's so many out, so many else out there. Those are my recommendations. So there you go. Hopefully that answers that question. Is there anything else?
0: No. That uh, th- those uh, are all great. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. Me and Chris were going to say the exact same thing at the exact same time. <laughs> Uh, just throw one last one in there for you. Uh, the importance of salt and electrolytes.
3: Oh goodness! Importance of salt and electrolytes. Um, when you're beginning, salt and electrolytes is important. Please don't neglect it. Um, start with you know. Look, look at keto evangelists. Look at the keto man's um, group for recommendations. I don't know the recommendations by heart because I know what works for my body and what works for my body doesn't work for everyone else. And so, what works for my body is um, I just salt my food um, generously. And when I didn't salt my food, what would happen is I would get cramps. I got horrible cramps in my thighs when I started keto. And when I started salting my food, those cramps disappeared. And uh, I don't supplement magnesium because I eat dark chocolate. That's my magnesium. I don't supplement potassium just for the reason that for me personally, I have um, high serum potassium to begin with. Every time I get my blood tested, they tell me I have high potassium. That's always been the case. And so I don't supplement because I personally don't need to. And I realize that I realize that not everybody has high serum potassium as I do. So most people have to supplement potassium. I don't. Yeah, the- I know it's a very vague answer, but um, basically if you're starting, look at the recommendations that are general and then tweak them to suit whatever fits your body. Absolutely. Yeah, I've heard about the chocolate,
1: nice. the chocolate thing I had not heard about.
3: Yeah, chocolate is a great source of magnesium. Um, dark chocolate. Um, I usually prefer 85% or more. Um, and it it is a really great source of magnesium, as well as um, there are other things like, um, you know, there's spinach, there's um, no salt, of course, that some people use. It's it's a brand when I say no salt, that's a brand. Um, and so many other things you can, I'm, I'm sorry, no salt, that's, that's potassium. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting my electrolytes mixed up because I I rarely, you know, I I apologize because I rarely talk about um, electrolytes because to me, I just, I just use what works for me and what works for me for magnesium. Sometimes I'll use magnesium citrate um, powder, but more often than not, I'll just take some dark chocolate. That's my magnesium for the day. (laughs)
2: Sounds <laughs> like a much better way to
3: go about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I supplement a uh, highly bio bioavailable version of magnesium. I forget what the exact uh, formulation on it is, but uh, rather it, it doesn't give me any uh, gastric side effects. But it, it's mm. supposed to absorb better and, and things like that. And so I've switched to that. But that it, it the dark chocolate sounds like a tastier option.
3: Yeah, you just have to look out for you know added sugars and whatnot that might uh, take away from the benefits. Um, but if you're with 85% or higher, you know, the amount of sugar shouldn't trigger any binging or anything negative. It's just that when it gets like under like 70% or 60%, all the benefits of all the antioxidant benefits of the magnesium and everything get counterbalanced by the negatives of, you know, sugars and whatnot. So I try to stick to 80% and higher just to keep the benefits of magnesium and antioxidant properties.
2: Fantastic, man. Fantastic. All good stuff. You know, we are going to try not to keep you too long. I know it's getting late over there and uh, you're not turning green, but you might be getting tired.
3: Yes, sir. Um, Yeah, that's that's about it. It's a little bit past 10 my time. Um, I still have some energy, um, but uh, that's okay. I'm usually more of a morning person, but uh, it's all good. Um, It's for a great cause. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we, we want to respect the time and you've
0: done an awesome job of sharing your story and giving uh, some excellent tips and direction. I wholeheartedly agree with you just circling back with your, for, uh, your encouragement for doing uh, research and, and things like that. Um, the thing that helped me get on keto was very much like you. I, I heard someone who was, I knew to be very analytical and very uh very specific about what they were about, what they do. They're a, a, a techno, a technological, like security scientist. but like mm-hmm. this guy runs numbers. He, he's not going to go into anything half cocked. And he shared over like a three hour, two part, ep- uh, podcast, uh, his experience of, of going into paleo and, and then eventually keto. And it was just enough for me to go, okay, this all makes sense to me. And it was enough to to scratch that little bit of an itch in my head. And I started digging into Diet Doctor and started digging into all these things. And um, Fathead, the movie, uh, found that. And that gave a lot of the both graphical and uh, just logical explanation of how to get started. And that, once I did that research... I was convinced this is exactly the situation of why I am the weight that I am and why I'm in the health situation that I am. And that tells me that this diet, this way of life is what I'm going to start as my new life. And looking back, it's, you know, it's done its past like it has for you. And uh, I'm hoping that others will hear this. They'll do their own research and they will have the same experience. And so that that would be great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, how can people connect with you online?
3: Oh goodness, um, that's <laughs> a big question. First of all, thank you for the invitation. Um, if people want to connect with me online, uh, probably the best way to go about it would be to reach me on Facebook. I have a uh, Facebook blog page, a blog page simply called Ben Low Carb. That's B-E-N-L-O-W-C-A-R-B. Ben Low Carb. Um, they can send. They can contact me on that page via messenger or what. That, that should do it. Very cool. Very cool.
0: Well, our social information for uh, everything podcasts and, and uh, Keto Man's Club is on our website, theketomansclub.com. If you uh found value in today's podcast and and feel like someone else in your life is uh going to potentially find value in it as well share it with them uh let them see this episode or or any of the episodes uh if you want to help spread the word you can also leave a rating or a comment on Apple Podcasts and uh share it uh share what your experience has been with our podcast as well we we any con- any contributions to that will definitely help the algorithm know who to put this in front of, and uh, we're we're all about seeing lives changed and seeing uh, people uh, f- take control of their own lives and uh, and and change it for the better. So uh, that's that. Um, for Jim, Alberto, and myself, good night and until next week. Make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can find the podcast on all podcast platforms. Would you help spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or family member that you think might find value in it? You can also help spread the word by leaving a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. First, you can visit our website for all of our social media links, show links, Facebook group, and pages. The website is theketomansclub.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram by following at Keto Mans Club Podcast. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. And lastly, you can leave us a voicemail at 512-518-6161. Thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.